The Trouble with Being a Demon. Part 1 of the Fiends with Benefits series. A Good Omens Fic, written by Verdant Valpis, read by Literarian. Chapter 3. Show Me Everything. Dinner was awkward. The husbands cooked together with a practiced ease, while Crowley drank their wine and prowled around their cottage like a caged animal. The cottage was horrifically perfect. Large gardens and plenty of carefully frightened houseplants, walls lined with bookshelves, furniture that looked picked from a designer showroom but was actually cosy. A harmonious blend of Crowley and Aziraphale. It was comfortable and he loved it. It was an awful thing to show him. He leaned against the doorframe, watching the husbands, and sipped his wine slowly. It was delicious, obviously, and he was feeling very tempted to get royally smashed, but survival instincts kiboshed that. The other two didn't seem like a threat. This Aziraphale, Anthony called him Zira as well as Angel, appeared to be trying to get him home and willing to accommodate him until then. The other Crowley was a dick, but in that way Crowley appreciated. He knew what he wanted and intended to get it. He was honest. Crowley used to be like that. About most things, anyway. So far... Anthony really did seem to be just a happier and clearly more satisfied version of himself, sniggering over tossed salad jokes with the angel rolling his eyes. But it wasn't out of the realm of possibility to imagine a Crowley so full of self-loathing that he'd be glad of the opportunity to hack apart another version of himself so it didn't seem likely that this whole thing was a plot to kill him, but he was definitely staying sober until he got back where he belonged. Are you two gonna murder me? he asked suddenly. Might as well ask, right? The angel might at least have the decency to look guilty about it and give them away. He didn't look guilty. He looked completely confused. A good sign. Anthony, however, seemed to consider it, though, which was also a good sign. If he'd protested too quickly, that would have been suspicious. Depends on how annoying you are, I think. The other demon smirked at him. He is another you, my dear. We can't in good conscience expect him to have any control over that, Zira teased. Especially if he hasn't had the benefit of his angel's stabilizing influence. Anthony scoffed and rolled his eyes. He apparently didn't wear the dark glasses at home. Crowley, however, was considering sleeping in his. 
Crowley smirked at the couple in a sleazy way he hoped conveyed his disgust and condescension. We'd be quick about it, though, Anthony quipped, obviously revisiting the murder scenario. The smirk must have worked. Not be torture us, be relatively painless. Crowley, how could you say such a thing? Zira scolded. He must be so overwhelmed, the poor thing. Oh, I'm so sorry, you poor thing. Anthony mocked his husband while addressing Crowley. Would you prefer to be treated like a poor thing, you poor thing? Preferred the murder talk, actually. Crowley smiled over the rim of his glass. I'm off to set the table. Zira huffed, seizing a stack of plates and cutlery. You two deserve each other. We are each other, the Crowleys retorted as the angel left the room. So dinner was awkward. Anthony and Zira were clearly at odds about how to treat Crowley, taking the occasional jab at each other between bouts of strained politeness. Crowley pushed his food around his plate with his fork, ready to climb out of his skin. He waited for what he hoped was an appropriate amount of time before asking for a place to put his head down. Now he was alone in a strange guest room bed, staring despondently at the ceiling. He'd summoned himself some black satin pajama bottoms and climbed into the soft bed, hoping he might pass out immediately and be spared a night of endless dark thoughts. Instead, he was staring at the ceiling despondently. It was going to be a long night. So he wasn't sure how to feel when the door opened a couple hours later and Anthony walked in, shutting the door behind him. He was wearing a loose t-shirt with the logo of a band Crowley had never heard of and grey plot pyjama bottoms. Crowley eyed them with exaggerated contempt. Figured you'd still be awake. Anthony said softly, before noticing his judgmental gaze. Oh yeah, Tartan, I know. They were an anniversary gift from the git. It makes him happy. Anthony shrugged and sat on the edge of the bed, apparently immune to the level of shame he should be having for wearing these trousers. <laughs> Thought maybe you might be in here quietly panicking. Do you want some company? Uh, depends, Crowley grumbled. You gonna do something weird to me? Anthony watched him for a moment, frowning. Back at the shop, did you not want... Crowley bolted upright, embarrassed and angry. If I didn't, then it wouldn't have bloody happened. I'm not completely powerless, you know? Yeah, good. Anthony still seemed a little unconvinced. So what do you mean by something weird to you? Uh, just fucking revelations. Crowley sighed, sinking back into the mattress. 
It's a lot just to know there's another me, let alone that they're living a life I always wanted and can't bloody have. And then to learn there's shit about me that I don't even know. Crowley growled and made a sweeping gesture of exasperation. I've been me for over six fucking millennia. How can there be anything about myself I don't know? <laughs> well, we're pretty bloody-minded, aren't we? Anthony flopped down beside Crowley above the blanket to join him in staring at the ceiling. Always focused on the next thing, the last thing, the things that might bite us, the things we gotta bite first. Not much time for introspection, which is more often than not the whole point. Dangerous to get too far up your own ass. Still, it's not like I'm a blushing virgin, Crowley insisted. I should know about the whole thing between you and the angel. He was blushing now. The kneeling had really surprised him. The subsequent deep arousal he felt when Zira had used that look, that voice, had surprised him. Anthony, however, wasn't the least bit embarrassed. It's just him, you know? No one else. You couldn't know about it. There's no one else I trust like I do him. When he's like that, it makes all the noise in my head fall away and I'm present with him. Can't do that with anyone else. Not in my... my demonic makeup, I guess. Ah. Uh. Crowley nodded. That made sense to him, and he was relieved to hear it. Aziraphale was different. Of course he'd be different with Aziraphale. Anthony was giving him a speculative look, and Crowley found that irritating. What? Most of the stuff I know, it's only because Zira showed me, he said, frowning. Crowley snarled soundlessly. He fucking knew what the difference between them was. The bastard didn't have to rub it in. I could show you, Anthony continued, hesitantly. If you want. Crowley looked back up at the ceiling and considered this. He didn't have a clue what that meant. He didn't like the idea of there being surprises about himself that he might stumble upon accidentally someday, or worse yet, never learn at all. Um, what do you have in mind? Anthony's eyes tracked down his body, thoughtfully, and Crowley snuggled deeper into the blankets, suddenly nervous. Anthony noticed the movement, and drew back a bit. There's this spot on my scalp, just above the nape of my neck. Anthony turned away to show Crowley the area he meant, a couple centimeters into where his neck vanished into thick black hair. Sensitive as anything. Did you know about that one? Crowley pressed his lips together, unconsciously running a hand through his own red hair. 
he didn't know. He admitted as much, and Anthony turned back to look at him. Might not be the same for you. Turn over. Crowley probably shouldn't. But he wanted to know. He rolled over onto his side, exposing his back, and waited. A moment later, he felt Anthony's fingers run through his hair, gently teasing at his scalp. Crowley closed his eyes and sighed quietly. It did feel good. Then the demon's fingernail scratched lightly at the base of his skull, and a hiss was drawn from Crowley's throat. Satan! It felt good. He moaned lightly before he could stop himself. Right? Anthony mumbled behind him, running his nails lightly over the area again. Bloody amazing how good this spot feels. Cause Zira's fucking weaponized it. Uses it against me when he thinks I'm getting overexcited. Turns me into a boneless mess, the utter bastard. Anthony brought his other hand into Crowley's hair then, carding the crimson waves with his fingers while continuing to scratch along the base of his skull. Shit, this red hair is gorgeous. How's it your angel has kept his hands off you? Still a demon. Crowley sighed faintly, glad Anthony couldn't see his eyes fluttering back in his skull at the feeling of gentle touches through his hair. There wasn't anything particularly sexual about it, and yet he was hard as marble inside his loose satin trousers. Another moment of gratitude for the thick blanket between them. Still a demon, Anthony mocked and gave Crowley's hair a punishing tug. Crowley bit his lip to keep from moaning. Anthony went back to gently scratching and massaging his scalp. Is your Zira blonde like mine? More. Crowley smiled, picturing his angel. He's got these ridiculous white blonde curls. They look so soft. And he's a bit rounder in parts, but strong. He's got the same unwarranted fondness for tartan as yours, but mostly keeps it contained to his bow tie and socks, so it's manageable outside the shop, where he's got tartan pillows or throws or shit. <laughs> Horrible angel, Anthony sniggered. The absolute worst, Crowley agreed, missing him painfully. Give me your hand, Anthony suggested suddenly. I'll show you something else. Crowley reluctantly offered his hand, half rolling back towards the demon. Anthony turned his wrist over to expose the underside of Crowley's arm before lightly trailing his fingers up his forearm and elbow. Crowley gasped in shocked delight and dropped his head back to the bed. 
Antony grinned and did it again. What the bloody... The inside of Crowley's elbow had a very similar level of sensitivity as the base of his scalp. Another innocuous part of his body deciding to spontaneously become erogenous. Relaxing, right? Antony murmured. <coughs> Crowley nodded, not feeling remotely relaxed. His cock was leaking now. The feet are similar. Antony continued as he lightly stroked up and down Crowley's arm. You should have seen the first time Zira washed my feet in Rome. Perfectly innocent act of respect, he thought, until I exploded like a bloody firework. He groaned. Thought you said this wasn't sexual, Crowley hissed, but he didn't pull his arm away either. It isn't, but it was then. I was so touch-starved at the time, everything set me off. Oh. Antony trailed off, and Crowley did snatch his arm back then. Shit, I'm sorry, I've got. You all right? Foot-washing in Rome, Crowley growled, curling up in a ball around his impudent cock. You really have been together a long time. Yeah. Antony seemed uncomfortable now. I blame the oysters, personally. Crowley smirked slightly at that. The oysters had nearly done him in, too. He remembered walking back from the restaurant with Aziraphale, drunk as he'd ever been, and hard as anything between the legs. Wearing an effort had been part of the fashion at the time, and he wouldn't have passed for human without one. The oysters, and the smell of his angel so close by, the sound of his voice, his laugh... We were walking home from that stupid restaurant he dragged me to. Antony sighed, seemingly reading his mind. Out of the bloody blue, he starts talking about the bathhouse, what they got up to there. Hmm? Crowley nodded. It had been the same for him. Also, this conversation wasn't helping him control his erection. Bloody Angel doesn't know what he's doing when he talks like that, he growled. Aziraphale was maddeningly obtuse on any sphere. Antony laughed. <laughs> he knew exactly what he was doing. Antony chuckled. <laughs> I had him immediately up against the nearest building. Oh, rather, we had each other, our hands under each other's togas. Oh, fuck off with your superior timeline shit, Crowley snarled. Sorry, mate, Antony muttered against his shoulder. It's just not really anyone I can talk to. You come along and it's... Crowley can feel him shrug. Eh... Uh, 
Guess it's like finally having a proper... He can't say friend. Not in a Crowley vocabulary, that. Crowley hears it anyway and is predictably annoyed. They weren't friends. They were clones and Crowley wasn't even the best one. Touch starved, he mocks, grasping at anything to change the conversation away from Aziraphale. It's not even a real thing, is it? <laughs> oh no? Antony snickered mischievously. Care to place a wager on that? Crowley swallowed. Not really. Smart choice. Antony whispered, trailing a finger lightly over Crowley's shoulder. It wasn't nearly as sensitive as the other spots, but still felt bloody amazing. He tucked his nose against the pillow to hide his expression as he chewed his lip. Touch-starved. Great. He'd have to be real careful about that. Um, so, nape, elbow, anything else I should know? Oh, shit, yes. Antony smiled, his lips grazing across Crowley's shoulder, causing a ripple of goose flesh. The redhead gasped, hips twitching back. Cause then I'd be in danger of doing something weird. Shit, Crowley groaned. His body was aching for more. He needed to know. Damn it, show me everything, fuck. Right, yeah. Antony gave his shoulder a little nudge. Roll over. Crowley rolled onto his stomach, tucking his hands under his pillow and shivered in anticipation as Antony drew the blankets away from his bare back. He started a little when he felt the first kiss land on his shoulder blade and then another on his lower back. He gasped lightly, trying not to press his hips into the bed, but it did feel good. The trouble with being a demon. Antony was saying, pausing every now and then to kiss another part of Crowley's back, is that violence is in our marrow. Another kiss just above the waistband of his thin trousers, then Antony licked a wet trail up Crowley's spine, making him moan softly. And maybe it's messed up that we crave it, but we were never really wired right from the beginning, were we? He whispered before sucking a wet kiss against Crowley's neck. No appetite for inflicting pain. He placed his warm hand between Crowley's shoulder blades and Crowley tried to arch up like a cat against his palm. Still crave violence all the same. 
Anthony murmured and pressed his hand down hard, pinning Crowley against the mattress. Crowley instinctively struggled against the pressure. He gritted his teeth to keep from moaning embarrassingly as his wings nearly unfurled against the hot press on his spine. Feel that? Anthony rasped, kissing his neck again. The wildness, the desire to fight. Are you afraid, though? No, Crowley gasped. He wasn't the slightest bit afraid. He was excited. He wanted to fight, to struggle, to bend and be bent. Violence had always made him afraid to the point where he was generally uncomfortable with conflict of any kind. He went out of his way to lavish gifts on those close to him or avoid those he couldn't charm. He wasn't a fighter. Anthony was right, though. He did want the violence. He just didn't want the risk. How much? He began, but he didn't know how to ask. How do you ask someone what your own limits are, even if that person is your clone? Anthony had lived a different life than he had. He'd had safety. Crowley had never known that. Take a breath, Anthony told him, easing the pressure off his back. I'll show you. You just gotta know you're safe, okay? Um, Crowley answered, because that sounded suspicious as all, Oh, hell! Anthony put his mouth on the base of Crowley's neck and bit him hard. Sharp teeth sank into his flesh and gripped into the muscle above his spine, and Crowley shouted in pain and anger, but mostly in hot pleasure as he thrashed and fucked the bed wildly, completely out of his own control. Anthony pinned him down again, straddling his hips as he took his mouth away, licking the wound and keeping Crowley immobilized in case the redhead reeled around to smack him. A theoretical possibility. In actuality, though, Crowley was desperately trying to keep from coming and had no real desire to make any sudden moves. All right, Anthony asked, easing back slowly. That was... Roll over. Mm. Crowley shook his head emphatically. Bad idea, that. Don't think you factored my lack of sexual outlets into your little demonstration, and I'm kinda in a bad way at the moment. Figured, Anthony smirked. I'm offering to help you out with that. Crowley rolled over, and Anthony immediately kissed him hard, all clacking teeth and warring tongues. 
Crowley made a high, desperate sound, and Anthony tore himself away to look down at him. The dark-haired demon's eyes were shining with happy excitement. The slitted pupils were so widely blown they were almost round, and Crowley was surprised to find they weren't completely hideous when they looked like that. Promising. Wanna taste you? Anthony gasped, licking his lips. Can I? I, I wanna know... Know if we taste the same. Won't take long, Crowley warned him as an answer, and Anthony groaned as he slithered down Crowley's body, yanking the satin bottoms down thin hips and freeing his leaking erection. Crowley immediately threaded his fingers into smooth black hair, desperate for some vestige of control. Anthony flicked his last dark eyes up Crowley's body and licked a long, broad stroke up his twitching cock. Crowley grunted eagerly and tugged Anthony's hair, watching the golden eyes darken further until they were shining copper. The red tongue darted out again to lick his smirking lips. He winked and then got to work. The blowjob was perfect. It wasn't surprising that a Crowley would know exactly how to suck another Crowley's cock, but experiencing it in practice was a whole thing. Anthony took him in deep and swallowed hard around the tip as it lodged in his throat. Crowley threw his head back and moaned, mouth open wide to gasp in a quick breath before moaning again. A slick tongue played with his foreskin, slipped along his weeping slit before massaging the heavy vein under his shaft. A sharp knuckle kneaded into his perineum, before long fingers curled around his bollocks, rolling them into a warm palm. It kinda made him wish he wasn't already so close. He came shouting colorful expletives, fucking deep into a throat with zero gag reflex against a jaw capable of unhinging. He gasped in a grateful breath and heard Anthony moan against his thigh. The dark-haired demon's wrist was a blur under the waistline of his tartan bottoms. He was still licking at the skin of Crowley's thigh as he worked himself closer. Crowley grabbed a handful of his hair again and drew his head back sharply. Anthony growled, choked, and came with a sharp hiss. Shit, Crowley groaned, shaking his head at the two of them. Had no idea I was this fucking horny, he laughed. All the time, sorry, Anthony sighed, cleaning himself up with a snap. I remember what it was like, though, when I couldn't just... 
He cut himself off before mentioning the angel again, but Crowley heard it anyway. Not like it's easy to really let loose with a human, is it? He sympathized. No, Crowley agreed. Might hurt them, or go snaky and break their brains. Crowley hadn't had any other offers, though, so humans were his only outlet when the itch got bad enough. He managed to keep those instances down to few and far between, though. And now here he was, coming twice within 24 hours with the first willing supernatural partner he'd met. And he didn't want to stop. Thanks for the... He motioned between Anthony and his flagging cock. Much easier to think now. Least I can do. Anthony heaved himself back up to sit beside Crowley grinning. I mean, I'm going to get to fuck you blind tomorrow, so best to get you good and relaxed first. When exactly was this decided? Crowley asked half-heartedly, because he was definitely interested. Earlier at the shop, when we agreed we'd fight over who would top. Anthony smirked. You agreed. Crowley corrected, sporting an identical smirk. Then you agreed again tonight when you asked me to show you everything. Anthony volleyed back, smug. Crowley swallowed and shrugged. Anthony rolled his eyes. Oh, for fuck's sake! Obviously it's only if you bloody want could happily show you what you want to know by having you watch Zira bugger me into the headboard if you'd rather. Or we can forget the whole thing. I won't have you treating us like predators because you can't decide what you want. Right, all right, Crowley placated. Not unwilling, okay? Just overwhelmed. You come on bloody strong. Hmm... Anthony shrugged this time. Yeah, well, keep forgetting you don't have the same level of comfort with all this. They sat in uncomfortable silence for a while. Look, I'll be a perfect gentleman from now on, if you want, Anthony said finally. We'll just focus on the circle and getting your angel here. How's that sound? It sounded boring and full of missed opportunity to learn some valuable secrets about himself. Meh. I thought part of the point of all this was for me to be ready when Aziraphale arrived. Anthony sighed. To know exactly how to do that. You've got it in your head that an angel can't love a demon. I don't know how to help you with that. <laughs> Then what use are you? Crowley smirked. The other part. Anthony gave him a mock glare. The part where you forget that being a demon isn't the same as being evil. Literally is, though, Crowley interrupted. And have been sulking for hell knows how long, punishing yourself for it. 
Anthony finished, ignoring him. You need to start looking after yourself and have some fun like a proper demon. You're no good to Aziraphale as a mopey, defeatist wet blanket. At the very least, it's gonna make you a terrible lay. <laughs> Fuck you, Crowley chuckled. Hoo-hoo, this is what I've been doing. Anthony growled playfully. At the risk of going too fast for you, though, which brings me back to what I was saying. I'll play nice if that's what you want. I want what you have, Crowley grumbled, honestly. But it isn't going to happen. So, in the interest of being a proper demon, I want every scrap of carnal pleasure I can get before I go back to my earth and have to behave myself while the angel moans orgasmically around his bloody fork. You understand what you're signing up for, right? Anthony's pupils were wide and dark again. Getting the idea, yeah. Crowley nodded, grinning. Might still faint from it, though, out of practice as I am. Yeah, well, you can say no whenever you want. I will, when I want, Crowley promised. And just to warn you, Zira's gonna turn it into some lesson or shit. Anthony rolled his eyes. Everything's an act of love with him. You'll just have to get used to it. Right. Crowley swallowed. The angel will be there. Only if you want, Anthony assured him. Oh, I want, Crowley growled. I've wanted since I laid eyes on him. I know he's not my angel and he'll never be. It's not the same, but it's so fucking close. And he wants you. Anthony nodded in understanding. Must be a pretty big blow to your cognitive bias that an angel can't want a demon. Crowley had been trying not to think about that. It hurt his brain too much. He didn't know why this Aziraphale wanted to fuck him, only that this Aziraphale apparently wanted to fuck him. An angel wanted him. A version of Aziraphale wanted him. Yeah, his cognitive bias was finding that information particularly chewy. It's not me he wants, though, is it? Just you with red hair, he argued, because that at least made sense. Zira barely knew anything about him. He doesn't know me. I could be a child killer or dress up like a clown on holidays. <laughs> no version of me would do either of those things, Anthony snorted, which was a fair point. <laughs> and yeah, it's not like Zira or I are suggesting letting you into our marriage, you idiot. 
The plan is to get you back with your angel where you belong. Right. Crowley felt sheepish. <laughs> back to my world, at least. No reason to put that kind of responsibility on you two. He smiled crookedly, but Antony didn't return his smile. Zira is pretty insistent, and so am I, he said seriously. The protection you need comes from your bond with Aziraphale. Period. You need to get on the same page, Red. <sighs> you can't force people to fall in love, Crowley grumbled. He knew he was being petulant, but couldn't help himself. Can you force someone to stop being a bleeding idiot? Antony growled back. They looked at each other and frowned. They both knew that in their case the answer was a resounding no. Antony shifted on the bed to look up at the ceiling. Crowley did the same, feeling like utter shit. Zira's closed up the shop for a few days, Antony said. He's probably going to be working on this all night. He might have an actual plan by morning. You should get some sleep. Sleep, yep, Crowley sighed. That's what I'll do then. Antony rolled off the bed and left the room. Crowley pulled his pyjama bottoms back over his hips and winced when the motion pressed his pillow into the bite over his spine. His cock took an interest in the sensation. Fucking behave, Crowley growled at his insolent effort before healing the bite and miracling the drops of blood off the pillowcase. Getting off on violence he grumbled at himself. That's just bloody perfect. How's Aziraphale ever going to accept that? He couldn't possibly. He'd be kind about it, all gentle concern, but he'd think Crowley was sick. Maybe he was sick. Didn't mean the angel had to know that, though. He could hide it away. Just another dark secret. If he could do that, then maybe there was a chance to fix things. He started trying to imagine different relationships with the angel should he ever get back home. There was friendship, like the one they'd had all year. Getting drunk in the back room of the shop. Sharing drinks and stories and jokes. Lunch dates and walks in the park, bickering and laughing, simply enjoying each other's company. It was definitely doable and better than no relationship at all, but this whole husband's revelation soured Crowley on the just-friends prospect. He had always craved more, and after seeing it with his own eyes, it would be so much harder to keep himself in check. If the husbands were right, 
they weren't, but Crowley was willing to entertain the hypothetical, and Aziraphale wanted more too, that had potential. He probably wouldn't be interested in rolling around in the sheets, but Crowley could imagine the angel being... affectionate. Crowley hadn't really considered allowing himself to be hugged or, yeah, cuddled, but if it was Aziraphale... He tried to picture affectionate Aziraphale. He imagined himself sitting on that hideous sofa in the back room, scrolling through his cellular and Aziraphale joining him. He pictured the angel wrapping his strong arms around him, pulling him against that soft waistcoat, kissing the top of his head. Maybe Crowley could fall asleep in his lap while the angel read, his hand returning to rest on Crowley's hip between flipping pages. That would be all right. Maybe he'd stroke his back lightly, play with his hair. Maybe his fingers would scratch just so against that spot above his nape, or run along the inside of his elbow. He'd hiss in mortification, his pelvis jumping, prick hardening in his jeans. Aziraphale would be horrified, embarrassed. He'd keep a safe distance from then on. Damn it. Cuddling was out. Stupid, touch-stuffed, stupid body. Fuck you, Crowley, he grumbled at the ceiling, but he wasn't sure if he was cursing Antony or himself. He squeezed his eyes shut and took a deep breath. He needed to make a decision. He needed to be honest with himself about what he wanted and what his priorities were. One. Remain in Aziraphale's orbit as close as the angel will allow. Two. Touch. Affection of some kind, if he could find a safe balance that didn't embarrass him. Three. Six. Please. Four. Get back to his proper world. This wasn't much of a priority for Crowley, so long as he had at least one achieved, he didn't care what world he was in. One and two were possible, even probable, assuming Aziraphale could be brought here, which was good news, as they were the biggest priority. Four remained to be seen, and he might have a better idea of that in the morning. As for three... Well, he'd just have to make the most of the time he had before achieving number one. There. A plan. Well, plan adjacent. More of a method, really. A perspective? Whatever. It was a start.